Welcome to another episode of Rejoicing Daily with your host, Rebecca Brandt. She has a heart to help all families find the joy and beauty of our daily lives, not living in negativity, but truly counting our blessings. The show is based on that beautiful verse in Psalm 118 verse 24 that says, This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Join Rebecca and her special guests as they share insights for Rejoicing Daily. Hi everyone, this is Rebecca Brandt, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Rejoicing Daily. I'm really excited about today's call. I have such a special guest on the phone today, Karen DeBuse. She is the author of Simply Living for Him and Bible-Based Homeschooling, as well as several books called Home, Simply Homeschool, and Bible-Based Homeschooling, and she's also a speaker at various conventions. Karen, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. I know that days like today don't always go as we hope. Um, Before the call, just to give everyone a little background, Karen and I were discussing some of the uh, the little trials or obstacles that get in the way of our best planned days and how we are growing um, to move through those. So, Karen, I know your day hasn't been perfect and mine hasn't <laughs> been perfect. And one of my goals here is to keep it real. I don't want any oh, mom, yeah. any dad to ever listen to this podcast and think, oh, they've got the perfect home and the perfect kids and the perfect spouses and they're just perfect because my world is anything but perfect. Mine too. I agree. (laughs) So thank you for today. Um, Can you take a few moments and share a little bit about yourself with everyone, about you and your family and a little bit about the, the journey that you've been on so far with homeschooling and as God has been leading you and your family in this? Sure. Well, I have been homeschooling. I have four children. I have been homeschooling for eight years now. I am what you would call an accidental homeschooler. I had no intention to ever homeschool. I didn't even know much about it. Um, I Everything I have done in the past eight years, if I had looked ahead back then to see where I would be, I would never have imagined being here. But I'm so grateful to God for bringing me here. Um, Like I said, I have four children. The oldest is almost a teenager. In a month, she'll be 13. And my youngest is five. And um, I started homeschooling when my oldest um, was entering kindergarten age. And uh, I had registered her for public school. The school is right around the corner from my home. I just figured that's where she would go. I had no idea that I would end up homeschooling her, but the day that I registered her for school, and it was a it was at this time of the year, it was in February. In fact, I just saw the sign on the school today as I drove by and it said kindergarten registration and I had a flashback of this day that I um I walked in there to register her and I nearly had and maybe I did have a panic attack. Something happened to me. I walked in the school and I just I felt like I was out of my body. I mean, everything just felt, all of a sudden I was panicked. And I filled out the papers, but all in my mind I kept thinking, she's not going here, she's not going here. 
And when I left the school, everybody kind of that I talked to after that said, oh, that's just those first-time jitters. You know, once you get her in school, you're going to have so much time for yourself. You're going to love it. Just, you know, everybody feels that way. But I knew deep down it was more. So um, we had a very difficult few months as I prayed and tried to figure out what was going on. And um, we finally... I really felt that God was calling me to homeschool, although I hadn't really known much about it. I started talking to people that um, were at my church that were homeschoolers, and literally everywhere I went, once I got it in my mind, I would start seeing things about homeschooling. I would start running into people who said, oh, I homeschool. It was like chasing me. And I thought, this is is just crazy. So we really sought the Lord on our decision, and... uh, Here we are, eight years later, but it was never something I intended to do for the long term either. I don't know, most people probably say, I'm just going to do this for one year. That was our plan. We'll just do it for this year and see what happens. And I can't imagine, you know, not doing it now. So um, it's been a very exciting journey um, for us. And, you know, the academics are a teeny part of it. The journey has really been about what God has done in our family through the journey of homeschooling. Oh, so, yeah, that's, so, that's a little bit that, about our journey. It, it really is. Um, <laughs> I'm sitting here laughing a little because I did not realize um, how similar our stories are. And the more Oh, people, really? Um, well, I have a child, my oldest, and he will be 13 in the summer. Uh-huh. Um, and we actually lived in the Midwest when he started kindergarten. We moved up there right before kindergarten and... Two months before the end of his kindergarten year, we moved back to Georgia. No house, no job, no nothing. We just moved mm-hmm. back and been with a neighbor, and we put him back in school. And we found a house, and the house we found was in the perfect school district, the top in the state. So we bought this house as an opportunity for investment and because the school, obviously no problem with selling the house should we ever need to. Mm-hmm. And so the following year, our daughter went to school, and at the same time, my mother passed away. So I was kind of in a really um, awkward state of mind, really trying to heal and work through the process of, of death. And mm. um, we had thought about homeschooling when our oldest was really little, but then we realized, wait, curriculum actually costs money? Yeah. Um, <laughs> how can we pay for all that and only live on one income? And so we just decided you know, a long time ago that that we wouldn't homeschool. And honestly, I really had no idea I ever wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I had Mm -hmm. a great career. I never wanted to depend on my husband. I always wanted to be very Um, Mm self-sufficient. And so it was ironic how God just kind of chipped away at each of those areas. Right. And then my daughter's kindergarten year, kind of flash-forwarding, coming back to the story a little bit, um, our oldest was in first and our middle child was in kindergarten. And so I would go to her classroom on Thursdays. Initially, I had someone help us with our little guy, and he's seven now, um, mm-hmm. when I would go to her class and volunteer. But everybody who had said they had help, they would help me with him for just one hour all of a sudden, no, I can't do it, no, this has come up, no, this has come up. So it was like one obstacle after another. So I would have to take him with me. But every time I left, I was crying. I mean, I just oh, walked wow. out of there completely just drained and emotionally mm. and physically just just beside myself, almost like you said mm. you were feeling when you left. Um, right. 
But it took us a while, and the next year I was going to put her back in school, and then I decided, no, we're going to homeschool her. And then fear set in, mm-hmm. and I put her back on the bus. Mm-hmm. And after that first week, I said, no, I cannot do this again. So we took her out, and eight weeks later we took our oldest out. And so okay. we are in our fifth year now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is interesting, the journey that we go on. It's like really stepping out and taking that first step. Right. Um, really is a leap of faith in knowing right. that 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 this is the journey God wants you on. Absolutely. And for us, I remember thinking, okay, well, you know, my husband was right on board because I started reading about it and talking to people, and I started seeing it as a really just a good option. And my husband was on board, but I had to tell my parents, and we're very close with both sets of our parents. They both live close by, and... Um, I've always been close with my family, but my mother works in, has worked in public school her whole life, and it was very difficult to tell her. And uh, it was a huge obstacle because here I am, a grown woman, but I'm thinking, I don't want to homeschool because I don't want to tell my mom, you know, like I always had this approval that I needed her approval. So I, when I told her, which I kind of took the easy way out, I wrote this big email, <laughs> and I sent it to my, my parents. And uh, I expected them to be upset, and I expected there to be a discussion, but it was actually much worse than I ever anticipated. They were not happy. I mean, it was it was a horrible time. And, you know, when I kept thinking about it, though, I was like, well, the only reason I wouldn't homeschool right now is because I'm afraid of what other people think. And every time I opened the scriptures that summer, I would read about, you know, pleasing God and not man. But here this is my parents. And I'm thinking, but God, you're telling me, like, I'm going to lose my parents over this? And I, this is the, one of the most times that I ever felt in my whole life that I truly felt like God was, I mean, just knowing that I had to follow him, even though it was hard. And, you know, at that time, I wasn't confident in my decision. I was afraid to go to the grocery store, and somebody would say, oh, why aren't you in school? You know, and I'd go, oh, we homeschool. It's just I wasn't confident. I didn't. I felt like, oh, I'm going to stand out. Everybody's going to ask questions. But I truly felt like, no, I have to do this. And the testimony is that my parents and I are closer than ever now. My My mom and dad support me. I don't think they would be sad if I stopped homeschooling. I think that ultimately that would make them happy, but they have accepted it. We worked through the difficult time where I thought they would never speak to us again. Um, God has done amazing things. And we're like I said, we're actually closer now. She, like, you know, asks me questions about what the kids are doing. We go on a field trip and they come with us. And, um, it's it's just been amazing. So I see that when we step out in faith and we obey because we know we're called, I truly felt it was a calling, but it was one that I was running away from because I thought there is no way that I want to do this. You know, I'm going to have my parents mad at me. I'm going to have people think I'm weird. <laughs> and it's just funny because God truly has a sense of humor because here I am writing about it, speaking about it. You know, it's become um, such a part of us. And, to see how God has worked through that is just simply amazing. It really is. Wow. You know, what you just shared is, is just beautiful testimony of Matthew 10:37. Whoever loves father more than mother more mm-hmm. than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are so many times where we want to please our mom and our dad or our children. Right. But pleasing them is not what we were created to do. And right. it's so hard to see sometimes the blessing on the other side. And you have a beautiful testimony of how God brought that around. Mm-hmm. And people and would tell me at that time, like, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I'm sure that there are people out there who who perhaps don't have that same testimony, mm. whose family maybe haven't, they haven't come around to see. And I just think that's testimony of, of God just not opening eyes or hearts yet. So mm-hmm. if anyone is listening to this call and that's where you are, know that you are still loved and there's still mm-hmm. joy to be found. And it's it's up to us to be obedient. It's not up to us to change others' hearts. Right, exactly. So I'm sorry, you were getting ready to say something just a second ago too. No, I was just going to say I remember people telling me, you know, if you feel that this is what God is calling you to do, and it's really – I mean, I really felt such a strong calling. Like, I felt like I didn't, me, Karen, the fleshy me, didn't want to do it, but I couldn't stop feeling, like, deep down in my soul that God wanted me to do this. And people would say, you know, if you feel called to do it, just do it, because God will work it out. And they said it will take time. It's not like tomorrow your parents are going to say, oh, this is, you know, great. This is something that's going to happen over time. But, uh, you know, back then I thought, but I want them to accept it right now. But looking back, yes, it did take time. It was a very gradual process. But, you know, now that I'm this far into it, I can see that everyone was absolutely correct in that advice of just give it time. As long as you're obeying God, you can't lose. (laughs) You can only win when you're obeying him, and he will work it all out. And he is. He has been working it out. So, so true. You know, it's so just such an encouragement to see that. Well, just to give the audience a little more information about you, I met Karen, I don't know, online through her blog, mm-hmm. I don't know, two, three years ago, I want to yeah, say probably. I started reading the blog. And <clears throat> the one I started reading first, was the first one I'm familiar with, is Simply Living mm-hmm. for Him. And what what you share on there is, the heart of, for me, really living a simple life, not feeling like you have to have everything on the schedule, everything in your child's curriculum, um, a ton of activities to go to, go to, and your home doesn't, whenever I see pictures of, of what you share online or um, what you write about, I don't get the sense of someone who has a home that is filled from floor to ceiling with stuff, but that you have a comfortable home, and it's just it's just a simple portrait of living for God. Can you share some of that and how you came to that? Because I think that's one thing um, homeschoolers struggle with in two ways. One, living on usually one income and mm-hmm. how that can impact a home, and then two, Many of us, and including myself, we love books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the one area of the homeschoolers were like, well, we'll simplify everything but that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me just line every room in my house with books because you just yeah. can't have enough of those. And right. so I know how I've scaled back on that this year. But if you can share kind of how you got started in living simply 
and how yeah. you have found joy in that and how it's glorifying God in your life. Sure. Well, I've always been a little house on the prairie girl at heart. I mean, I really, you know, how people say they were destined to live in a different time. I always felt, you know, just simpler times was better, even though I know back then I wouldn't have survived. <laughs> Not the winters, and, but, you know, you have this glorified picture of the simple life. And it's really funny how God works all this, again, with writing for the blog for Simply Living for Him, because that blog started out as something totally different. It started out as this, I didn't even really know what a blog was. Um, A friend was keeping an adoption blog, and I thought, oh, that looks fun. I should try to do that. You know, she was on her uh, adoption journey, and I thought I should do that for homeschooling, kind of keep a log of what we're doing, share it with my family, because this was still when things were tense with my parents, and it was really hard for us to talk about it. Um, homeschooling at that point, but I really wanted them to see what we were doing and that I wasn't just, you know, um, keeping them locked in the house and that we were doing things and we were learning. And um, so I started just keeping this log, sent it the link to my family and friends and uh, was just kind of writing daily thoughts about homeschooling, but mostly what we were doing in our homeschool. So I would just share, you know, the experiments we were doing, the books we were reading. It was just a very simple little um, uh, homeschool log. And it really did help my parents to see what we were doing. My mom started saying, oh, I've been checking, you know, I've been checking it daily to see what you guys are doing. And it started to open up the conversation. So another blessing there from God, again, putting me just on this blog, I really didn't have any idea that people would start reading it. I didn't even understand that there was a blogging world out there, that people were reading other people's blogs. It just wasn't even on my radar. But um, I ended up writing for um, Heart of the Matter Online back then. I had seen something on one of the homeschool websites that they were looking for uh, contributors. So I started contributing there, and because of that, people started to read just my little simple homeschool journey blog. But um, so about a year into the the writing, I had taken a vacation with my family, and we went down to Jamestown in Yorktown, Virginia. And we were in one of these old farmhouses. And um, while I was standing there in this farmhouse and I was looking around, it was um, from the Revolutionary War time period, I remember thinking, you know, these people had – Nothing except what they needed in their homes. There was a little uh, hook in the corner that had the clothes for the whole family of six just hanging on this, you know, hook. And there was just a few pots and pans for what they needed and just, you know, a few very simple handmade toys. But what what struck me when I looked around this farmhouse was, you know, I, I was like, I could live here. I would love this. I wouldn't have to take care of all the other stuff we have, but... What if I had this with the modern conveniences? What if I had this with a washing machine and a dishwasher, you know, and a microwave? And I started thinking, well, what what would those people back then think of us now? Because here they spent so much time doing things that we don't really spend much time doing anymore. I mean, they spent all day preparing the meals. They spent, they only had a small amount of clothes because they spent so much time having to launder them and make them. I mean, it was just so different. They spent so much time doing the things that we really don't have to do, but yet we feel like we're so much busier nowadays. 
And I remember thinking, I just stood there thinking, what would those people think of us? We have it made. We have it so easy, and yet we're still cluttering up our lives and, and being so busy. But the things that we're being busy with aren't things to survive like they were doing. And I came home from that trip, and I was really changed. I thought about it so much. And um, when I came home from that trip, I remember writing about it on the little blog that I had. And I think I had written an article at the time um, for The Heart of the Matter. And I started getting all these people reading it, like it was just being circulated about being, you know, having a simple life. And it, I started to realize, well, people really crave this idea of simplicity, even though we're in a world that tells us right now that we shouldn't be simple. We should have more and more and more. And so I remember just like diving in this whole day and trying to figure out how to change my my blog, and I totally changed everything and tried to focus on that idea of simplicity, and that's when Simply Living for Him was born. And, um, you know, as I've walked more in this journey of simplicity, it ties in with my homeschooling because I see, even in the homeschool world, how complicated we are making it by, you know, striving to have the best curriculum, the most books, the um, most activities, being really busy. And to me, being busy doesn't equal success. Um, you know, a full schedule does not mean that we're meeting all of our goals. For me, the most important goal in uh, my homeschool is raising my children to know the Lord and to love the Lord. And Matthew 6.33 will always be our basis. And um, so the simplifying, like I said, of everything has really been um, intertwined with homeschooling. I talk a lot about simplifying mental clutter because I, I myself guilty of this. I can fill up my mind with a million different um, things because the Internet is a wealth of information. And then I find myself just kind of more in a daze than ever because I feel like I have so much in my mind I can't even organize it all. So... The simplifying, um, I really um, strive to simplify physical, the clutter. Like you said, yes, my home is you know, pretty typical American home. I, I do not like clutter. And I talked about this in um, my first book, and I've talked about this a lot when I've done speaking, is I was a messy little girl. I was the girl that could never keep her room clean. I was the girl that drove my OCD mother crazy because I could not keep anything organized. I would come home from school and papers were all over the place. And, again, God has a sense of humor because I think because I was like that as a little girl, I fight so much now to not have that messiness or that clutter. So I really don't like clutter. I don't like to just have to be organizing piles of stuff. Um, so we try to keep you know, material items uh, not consume us, but I would not say we're a minimalist family at all. We're not, you know, minimalist, but we try to keep things um, to a minimum. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been a journey. Like I said, I've always been in my heart craving the simple. One of the things I have always done, and um, I wrote about this just recently in one of my blog posts was about, what does it all mean in the grand scheme of things? I've always looked at things through that lens. Like, does this really matter in the grand scheme of things? And that's how I evaluate a lot of things that I um, do with my time. 
is like, you know, is this, do we really, I, I laugh because I say if at church or at, at a homeschool group, if you're going to put me in charge of the party, don't expect all the, the um, fanfare. It's going to be very simple because I feel like as homeschool moms, we put so much into these extra activities that we could use that energy at home for our families. So, sure, let's have an end-of-the-year party, but let's just bake cookies and, you know, like let's not have all the extra stuff. So people know that if you put me in charge of something, it's simple. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Sounds like you're saying focus on the relationship, focus on God, focus on the relationships, and all the other stuff is is just kind of like the sprinkles. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you'll have some and sometimes you won't. Right, exactly. And um, I'm not saying any of that stuff is bad. It's just that when I feel like, I feel like a big problem in the homeschool community is that stuff becomes, it kind of takes over and we lose sight of the goals that we started out with in the first place. You know, I've seen homeschool groups where they become really big and everybody's on a committee and the planning and all this over the group, but that energy is just taking away from our own families. You know, you can apply this to any any different uh, type of group, whether it's homeschool or a sports league or churches or anything. Um, you know, really keeping in mind an eternal perspective um, about, in the grand scheme of things, does this matter? And for me, the grand scheme is eternity, and what matters most is my children's hearts. So I know that if I focus on that, the rest will fall into place. Right. Um and that takes me right into the next topic I wanted to talk about, and that's about for moms who are in the midst of a, a home that's just filled to the brim, along with their schedule, mm-hmm. and it's overflowing, and they feel happy because their family is happy, um, but they're entering burnout. And, the, you mm-hmm. know, I know every year about this time, almost every homeschool mom after your first year, you hit January and February, and it's just like, oh, yep. yeah, I'm burning out. And, and to me it's... The reality is no longer I'm burning out, but the sun is not out as often. It's, this is true. It's mm-hmm. not as easy to get outside with the children and, and enjoy nature. It, that becomes as much a task as getting up in the morning and getting dressed because then you have to get mm-hmm. redressed to go outside. Um, and then you add to that, you know, well, this child wants to do this and this child wants to do this, and I want them to be happy and I want them to enjoy this. But it's it's really missing the overall goal of the family. And so I can't right. help but wonder if in the midst of homeschooling, if we lose our family focus by not having a mission statement that everyone in the family has to understand that it has to fit into that. Um, do you see the same thing about this time of year, and how do you handle that? You may have oh, kind of already heard it. Um, I've always said that February, well, January is one of the months that I always have a hard time with, this January, February um, time is always, like you said, very difficult because you can't get out as much. There isn't as much, as much sunlight. Um, definitely that time. The first year I was homeschooling, in fact, it was in January that I went and looked at the local Christian school <laughs> because I was like, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing. And I, as the years have gone on, I've sort of recognized that, okay, this is the normal feeling that I get at this time of the year. It's definitely a time for um feeling burnt out and running on empty. And what I've learned is that when that happens, it's because I'm still doing it in my own strength. 
and I'm forgetting that God is the one who called me to homeschool, and he is the one who is going to equip me. Because none of us, I mean, don't you love the question when people say, oh, I could never homeschool. How do you do it? And I always answer, I don't. I could never have done this on my own. I was unorganized. I was messy. I was... um, not a teacher by the world standards. You know, I don't have a teaching degree, all these things that people say, oh, I could never do that. But none of us can. It's only because God called me here. And when I remember that and say, okay, God, you're the one who got me through the hard times in the beginning with my parents. You're the one who um, put me on this journey, and you will help me to get through it. He will equip us. And that's what I write mostly about in my called home book is all about letting, you know, giving that control to God, knowing that he leads your homeschool. So at this time of year when you start to feel burnt out and we're all running on empty, because um, most of the time by March I say, I'm ready for summer. I'm, I'm mentally checked out for the year. You know, that's I always say that. And then I have to say, you know what? No, God is the one that is going to see me through. Yes, I mentally checked out me, the fleshy Karen, but God is going to give me the strength to get through the rest of the year and the following year and the next year if that is his will. Because I always say he called me to homeschool and I will stop when he tells me to stop because I never know what next year will bring. But as of now, I just keep going with uh, knowing that he's leading this journey and that he is the only way I could do it, through his strength. Yeah. Um, and it's, I always find it a little ironic sometimes when I even start going down that path, when people say, you can't, you know, I can never do that, and you can't. And I start thinking, well, you know, maybe they're right. You know, maybe I am, <laughs> you know, going to totally destroy my children's future, and mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. And then I, I feel like God just kind of, like, turns me around and sits me down in a chair and has both hands mm-hmm. on me saying, so it's still all about you, Rebecca. Um, right. You know, what about Moses? Let's talk about Moses, Rebecca. He couldn't speak. He stuttered. Right. What did I do through him? Uh, let's talk about Ruth. Let's talk about Naomi. Let's talk about all these people in the Bible. Many of them had horrible sins, horrible sins in their life. And, you know, I've I've shared on my blog the, the sins of my husband and, and my own sin and the journey that he's taken us down. And as soon as he starts that little talk with me, I have to say, wow, I was trying to sit in your throne mm-hmm. and take on your glory and make mm. it about what I can do. Right. And that's when I realize only by his grace do I have breath even to get out of bed in the morning. Right. And so, um, so it's very humbling, and it's also a great opportunity to really sit down and um, share a humble heart with someone. Um, Right. Recently in the homeschool movement, I've seen um, critical things being thrown back at people who don't homeschool. Mm. And it's been my prayer that, that those who possibly have been hurt through criticism from the world, especially those who are Christian homeschoolers, will realize Mm. that's not what we need to do. We don't need to turn around and re- return a, a criticism with another critical comment. Um, right. But with, with humility, with true humility, because that, to me, is the reflection of Christ. I mean, he was, mm-hmm. he was God, and his, <laughs> he came to earth for one purpose. Right. 
for, for one purpose, and that was to obey his heavenly Father, to pay the price for our sins. So to me it becomes truly about being a servant and, like you said, sharing that with my children. Right. So that they, in turn, can, can witness it and then grow mm-hmm. up and reproduce it. Right. So we're going to wrap things up here in just a minute. Um, we're running out of the 30 minutes, if we haven't already. But I would like for you to share, since this is Rejoicing Daily, can you give us some insight on how your family seeks the Lord in a way that helps you all rejoice daily on a good day and a bad day? Sure. Well, we don't do anything in the morning until we have our Bible time. And that's something I've learned over the years is um, in the beginning it was like, oh, we'll do our Bible time, but okay, we're running late, so we'll we'll get to that later. And boy, was I convicted. Like, you know, what am I telling my kids? Math is more important than God. So no matter what, we start in the Word together as a family. Um, we've recently started Bible-based homeschooling, which is really just um, – the Bible is basically our spine, but, um, you know, last year we experimented with using just the Bible as our main textbook, and it was the most amazing year we ever had. Um, we got everything out of our Bible, science, history. It was amazing. Um, this year we're back to sort of, you know, using other things, but we still, whatever we're studying in the Bible, that is pretty much our focus of the day, and we try to use that as a springboard. Um but we cannot, especially on our bad days, do expect to do this journey without being in the Word first thing in the day as a family. So, and especially on those hard days, like we were having a difficult morning and it was like, you know, there is no way we cannot be in the Word today. And um, that is our non-negotiable, that no matter what, we, we start our morning with our Bible time. I've I found that to be true too and it's it's funny because on those days where I let a child sleep in late or I'll sleep in late which I really have learned it just does not help me at all. Mm-hmm. Um and then we don't get to the Bible and someone starts something and then I realize I'm feeling anxious and another child is having a heart issue and I've learned to just say stop. Mhm. Just stop. Just, let's put it all down. Let's start over. Let's go back and let's let's sit down and let's pray and let's open God's word. Let's remember right. why we're here. Right. So do you and your family have anything specific that you use as a family or that your children use individually? Um as for our family? Bible study time. Uh well, well right now we're going like we go through a book at a time and we just bring in different commentaries and things. We have different devotionals. We don't really stick with one set thing you know it's it's kind of like whatever we're studying at the time i'll get different resources to go with it last year we we started with genesis and went through the whole book and i mean that took us the whole year practically and um you know we would get some really in deep in-depth conversations um, but i brought in all different resources to go along with it um, but each child has bible t- you know their bible and their so we do it as a family and then they're expected to read on their own depending on which level they're at you know how much time or what they're studying um but nothing really that well, like one thing that we stick with right 
I love the way God brings everything around. We can be studying one book in the Bible, and he gives us so much more than mm. we ever imagined as we're going through it. We've um, we've recently added some videos to it to help us understand the historical time right, and the geographical location. Mm-hmm. And that has just been absolutely amazing. And I believe yeah. in the Bible being the inspired word of God, and I know the Holy Spirit can can and will move us. Mm-hmm. I do also believe in in using that to research and go beyond it and say, you know, where was Jesus standing when he said this? Right. You know, right. And that's, was, yeah, that's, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that was perfect. Go ahead. I said that's, a, that's exactly how um, when we studied last year in Genesis and we really got into the science and the history of it, and um, now we're doing Matthew, so we're in the Gospels, and we're, we're again, we have one of those um, where Jesus walked books, and we do. We studied, like, the place, and you, you actually learn so much more understanding the history behind it and, and making it real to the kids. This isn't just a story. This is historical here, and it really, it comes alive, and it's it's amazing. Today we were reading about Nineveh. Mm-hmm. And how it was uncovered, what, 200 years ago? Mm-hmm. And the historical documents that they're finding that are all written about in the Bible. And it's, right. just, it's a beautiful testimony for the kids to see this. And I didn't grow up learning anything like that. So it's right. It, it's really cool and an eye-opener for me. And they'll say, Mommy, you didn't know that? And I'll say, No, see, we're learning together. And Oh, absolutely. Um, Isn't that the whole homeschool journey, learning together with your kids? I learned more in my homeschool journey than I did when I was in school. Yes, yes. I I heard a speaker at um, my very first homeschool conference, I think it was Mark Hamby, and he said, um, I really hope I'm quoting him right, um, homeschooling is like a hospital where Jesus is the doctor and the parents are the patients. Oh, wow. to save two generations at one time, and then that just snowballs into future generations. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, yeah, so that that was my first opportunity to hear a speaker, and um, he just he got me right in my heart at the end of that first school year when I'm sitting there going, "Can I really do this? You know, am, am right. I am I capable?" And his answer was just like you said, "No, you're not. Right, you're not capable. That's right." Karen, this has been such a great call. Um, the fact that you put time in your schedule today that you've shared with everyone about simply living for him and Bible-based homeschooling, I think that is something um, that really caught my attention with you is how you really are focused on your children's hearts. And that is the core, and the rest of it is is sprinkled on as God brings it to you. Um, I've read through your books. Called Home, Simply Homeschool, and Bible-Based Homeschooling. I highly recommend them for anyone listening. And then, Karen, can you tell um, can you tell the listeners which of your blogs they can find your speaking um, calendar on? Uh, you can go to uh, simplylivingforhim.com, and it's it's located on there. Okay, wonderful. Well, Karen, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience today? Um, I don't think so. This has been great. Thank you for having me. And I, I would just encourage anyone on this journey 
to, you know, seek God first in every single thing you do, and you can't go wrong with that. And when you think you can't do it, just know that you can't, but he can. Amen. Amen. And everyone, thank you again for joining another another podcast from Rejoicing Daily. And we look forward to coming back and meeting with you again in a couple of weeks, or you can listen to the other shows that are available on ultimatehomeschoolradio.com. You can listen to more Rejoicing Daily and other speakers. The podcasts are free. And everyone here just wants to encourage you in this journey. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's show and will come back for future shows of Rejoicing Daily. You can find the podcast through the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network at ultimateradioshow.com and listen at your convenience. Until next time, make sure you are Rejoicing Daily.